Welcome to a new episode of Fire Inside Out. My name is Ben Hansen, and I'm joined by the one and only Jeff Cork. Hi, Ben Hansen. How you doing, sir? Doing so well. How are you? Good. Uh, we have some guests this time around. We do. It's Hunter's sister. Um, it's incredible. She has a lot of things to say about Hunter. She says she's going to set the record straight. And here we go. It's One's full of lies, apparently. <laughs> In fact, she explained that that wasn't even him on the phone last week. Yeah, I feel like such a fool. <laughs> Uh, no, we're actually joined by Mary and Dan from AFI HQ. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. How are you? Doing good. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. well. Good. Uh, I should point out that you guys are the biggest AFI fan site. Is that fair to say? I think that's fair. Definitely. Who's your competition? That's a fair assessment. Um, we've had a few sites kind of competing with us in the past. Um, I'm honestly not sure if they're still around, but I know that we are the one that has been around the longest, to my knowledge. Cool. Well, how long has that been? We're going on seven years in February. Holy cow. And are you guys founders, or what's your history with this thing? Um, I started with our old owner, Jason. In 2009. Okay. And I've just basically been with it ever since. Um, he has now kind of moved on to college and things like that. Um, Gross. And we've just had kind of a steady rotation of new people. Um, and now James, who you've spoken to before, um, and I kind of manage it with a team of writers. Wow. All right. So how big is the team? We have six people, including myself and James. And uh, how much fat money are you making off this site? We make nothing. I refuse to believe it. That That is the truth. Don't, don't you have like Google ads or some nonsense on there? We do not. No, um, we... Dan, do you want to? No. Um, yeah, I think it's it's not a job by any means. It's um, It's kind of a hobby for all of us and we love to do it, so... No, we don't make any money out of it, but we love it. So what's the current state of AFI fandom? Well, right now we're between albums. So um, there's obviously a lot of side projects together. Mm -hmm. So, um, but there's always a strong fan base online, no matter what's going on. So um, Speaking of side projects, don't spoil any of them for Cork because he that, that's a, for future episodes we're going to be diving into all side projects, and I want him to have a clean take. We need to keep his uh, baby mind pure, which is the goal of this <laughs> overall <laughs> podcast, I think. You're in for a treat. All right. I'm very excited. <laughs> hey, just to get your read, do you guys like all the side projects? I do. I like some more than others, but maybe we shouldn't discuss that just now. Okay. Mary, are you also on board for those those, uh, those weird things? Um, I like them all, but I do like some more than others. You guys are very diplomatic. <laughs> Kudos to, to you both. All AFI fans are. Yeah. What, what I wanted to talk to you guys about, and I think it's an interesting angle, is the evolution of AFI fandom. Like, when do you think it reached its zenith? What happened to that? Because I think the first time I really became aware of an AFI group of fans out there was with the Despair Faction. And the whole thing on the website back in the day about choosing the name... And that whole competition, and then that kind of consolidated that group. Um, how did you guys get into AFI, and what was your take on the AFI community back then? Um, Mary, do you want to go first? And then sure. Okay. Um, so I got into AFI. I was watching, I think it was MTV, and I saw the Girls Not Gray video, 
Um, and I kind of liked them. I didn't really get heavily into them until December Underground. So you kind of um, liked them. You're like, eh, Blue Rabbits are okay. <laughs> I mean, I liked it. Sing the Sorrow. And then, you know, I kind of, I wasn't really like online as much as a kid. Uh-huh. Um, so when December Under- Underground came out, that's when I really got into, you know, the DF boards and finding friends online and going to shows. Um, so that was kind of my peak AFI um, fan experience. And then it's just been up and onwards ever since. What about you, Dan? Um, for me, I my first AFI album was December Underground. Um, I was 13. Bunch when... of babies here, Jeff Cork. Good Lord. You guys are supposed to be the hardcore fans. <laughs> they can't help when they're born. It they just, certainly can. They weren't trying hard enough. <laughs> yeah, and I think I first heard AFI on, I think it was a promo for the show Smallville. <laughs> what? Yeah, um, and I saw that online, and then I, I think um, it was Prelude 1221, and I was like, so I had to find out what that song was, and that's how I got into AFI, and it was purely online. I found everything online. Because you're a huge Smallville fan, and they had like that piano in a commercial? Yeah. <laughs> and you just, that's so weird. What if like you found out that it was just like, oh, just random stock trailer music, no big deal. No, I guess I guess I was drawn to it. Wow. Like a moth to the flame. Hmm. And yeah. now and now it has consumed your life. Yeah. So my well my yeah, my peak AFI is definitely Sing the Sorry December Underground. Um I, I was I remember sort of getting into both of those albums at the same time, even though December Underground I definitely heard first. Right, right. So what was your read on the health of the AFI community when you guys both got into it? Like were the DF boards that's Despair Faction boards, by the way, Quirk. I'm with you. Despair Factor, uh, a great song. I don't know if you remember that song that you were pretty mixed on. Mm-hmm. But uh, what was your read on the health of the community? Um, I think when I started, I I was on the DF boards during the DU era, um, kind of here and there. And then when I got into the HQ and started posting news, that's when I was on the DF boards a lot more and that's when I kind of felt like we were a real community um I saw that we were posting you know threads on come crash on people's couches for a show um you know who wants to go on road trip to California to see them play in their hometown um but like I said I wasn't really online previously so i don't have a good read on the community before like du crash love era right right do you feel like that despair faction uh community is still around have they kind of migrated to fan sites like yours is there still forums that are popular what's going on now I... um, well oh. go ahead dan um, well, the Despair Faction was still, from what I remember, really active up until sort of they they revamped the site for Crash Love when that came out. Mm-hmm. And then um, during the whole kind of Crash Love cycle, it was still quite active. And then um, after that, it seemed like people were kind of posting less and less. And then they actually moved to a new Despair Faction site, which is still around. Um, and that was in the lead up to Burials. 
And um, as far as I know, that's, that site's not used very much, but it's still there. Huh. Um, but it's sort of more on my experience has been through the HQ because I've only been with the site for a year and a half or so, but I have followed the site since it first started. And that was always my go-to place. Did you notice, I mean, since AFI is so famous for changing its sound throughout their career, have you noticed like a lot of the fans and the message boards in particular, just a lot of debates and a lot of complaining about the new album and stuff like that? And do people just leave because of that change and just the fan base kind of turns over? I think so. Um, I know that, you know, during the DU and Crash Love era, it was very, very busy. I mean, if you were to go on This Is Perfection now, I doubt you would see a post that's newer than like a month old. Right. Um, and I think that it, people just grew up, I think, and kind of moved on with their lives. I know, like Hunter said, um, in the episode last week. Yeah. That, you know, people went off to college. People, you know, got full time jobs and they don't have time to sit and talk on a message board for hours. I would imagine it's got to kill you guys, like, knowing that they're going to be going to the studio, presumably pretty soon, to record something. Just, like, how do you keep the, like, the momentum going? You know, it's been so many years since the last album. It's I mean, like You the... kind of feel like you've exhausted. I would imagine, at least, that, like, as a fan, I know, like, bands that I like and everything, you can only talk about an album so many times. Is it just more about friendships than at that point? It's like the NFL Network in the down season. Like, oh, Christ, here's some more archival footage, everybody. Yeah. Um, I think at least for the HQ, we try and kind of keep things, um, new and fresh. Mm -hmm. I know that we try and post interviews, um, with the side projects. Obviously, we're always working to come up with like listicles of like the top 10 reasons why Sing the Sorrow is the best album of the past decade or something like that. Sure. Um, and I think, we all really enjoy what we do. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I know I wouldn't be doing this for seven years running if I didn't get like a great experience from it. I mean, I've met some of my best friends and I've gotten to travel all across the country and I basically get to work with my favorite band of all time and not many people get to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Were you, real quick, I guess we should have asked this earlier. Where are you guys like based out of? So okay. we have writers from all over the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm from Chicago. Um, I'm Dan. I'm from England. Get out of town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and other editors are from around the world as well? Correct. Wow. Crazy. But Cork, an answer to your you know, off-season content. There may be a reason they're posting some dumb AFI fan podcast. What? I'm just saying, you know, when it's you're hungry timeless. for content, yeah? uh, you know, <laughs> some video game website posting a fan <laughs> podcast. Oh, great. We'll eat it up, post it, slap it on a plastic lunchbox. Let's go. So what did you got? Like, we're just going to ignore Hanson for a second, yeah. which I, I'll get back to you later. So when you heard Crash Love, what did you guys think individually? Like, was it shocking? In particular, um, Too Shy to Scream. I want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember my specific reaction to Too Shy to Scream, but definitely Crash Love. I think 
yeah, it was a bit of a shock. I mean, um, I followed it so closely when it when every, every little thing was released, so it's not like I got the whole album and oh, sat down and listened to it. Okay. They they um they had a great campaign. They did um actually a I remember they did a tweet to reveal campaign for each individual song. What where does that they mean? sorry? How does it what does that mean? The the tweet to reveal? Um so from what I remember they um had it was on uh the main website and um it was a list of n- numbers and uh fans would tweet um with the hashtag uh crash love tweet to reveal and um each time a certain number of tweets was met then a song title would be revealed um and then uh, they released uh, medicate as the first single obviously before the album came out so we'd already heard medicate mm. Um, and yeah, it was surprising coming off of December Underground to hear that kind of progression that I was prepared for it by the time I got the whole album, I think. Was that the, the biggest shock in your AFI fandom careers was the transition from December Underground to Crash Love? Uh, it was for me cause it was my first, it was my first, uh, album that I had to wait for ah. because everything else was already there for me by mm-hmm. the time I started with December Underground, so. What about you, Mary? Yeah, I think I would agree. I know that um, I love December Underground, and I know many fans are not a big fan of it. Um, but the same can be said of many fans with Crash Love, and I personally mm-hmm. think it is one of my favorite AFI albums. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I definitely was surprised with how it sounded at first, but after a few listens, it definitely grew on me and it's now in heavy rotation on my phone so now i would imagine it's like a similar experience a bit like the shock that you felt when you heard um crash love to going back to their like first albums on like their back catalog knowing you know you kind of you came in at a certain point and hearing that stuff i would imagine that would have been shocking as well right definitely um you know i kind of stuck with the newer stuff and then um eventually i decided okay you know they have a back catalog let me go listen to that and the first listen i was like there is no way (laughs) that this is the same band yeah did you go back to the beginning then i did okay um yeah i was i was shocked but you know i love art of drowning and i love um black sails um so I think my ear, my, my listening has kind of progressed mm-hmm. and I can honestly say I'm a fan of all of it. I would imagine that a lot of that material, or at least some of it, you've heard them play live, right? So you, yeah. you're familiar with yeah. some of those songs, but just maybe not like, yeah. hearing them on the original recordings. Did it take a while to warm up to even stuff like uh, Black Sails, Not a Drowning? For me, um, it did. Um, I kind of came from a background of like pop rock pop punk type stuff um so going back to like pure punk was kind of uh different for me Mm -hmm. but it definitely opened my eyes to a bunch of different music yeah i had the same experience also because i immediately dove in to kind of the whole back catalog and um, that early AFI stuff for me is what kind of got me into punk when mm. I was like 14, 15. So 
uh, everything kind of sprung from that. So I feel like I owe it a lot in that kind of sense. Yeah. Do you think there's a big divide amongst the fans between the early AFI fans and later AFI fans? Are there even like a lot of early AFI fans posting on the boards and interacting with you guys on the site and stuff like that? You definitely see that, although I think um, especially now people who are AFI fans are AFI fans that of either what they're doing now or that you don't really have. I, I don't personally see that kind of divide, but I've seen it before and it can be quite aggressive. Yeah. YouTube comments agree. and the like. Yes. Or like any post, like any, I don't know, like punknews.org or anything like that. Any update about AFI, every comment is just, oh, F their new stuff. It's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Go back to shut your mouth, please. <laughs> or else shut your mouth, David. They say. They say. <laughs> I just read the comments. I don't know. Okay. I don't make up these jokes. Okay. <laughs> They're pretty good jokes. <laughs> so there's not a big split, uh, you don't think? Like, it's not too divisive. There's not... Uh, Wars being waged amongst the AFI fans these I would, days. I would imagine the people though, I'll step in and Please. speak about the community. I would imagine that the people that have dropped off though are just like, eh, I'm out, and they're mm-hmm. not like going onto a message board about the band anymore. They're just like, I'm done. Right, right. Yeah, I, th- I think at this point now, you're at that point now where if you don't like what they're doing now, you're not really present in the conversation. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, you kind of you... see where they're turning at this point. You know, it's not like a, a Crash Love style surprise. You no, know, any day they could come back to the Art of Drowning era. Any day now. You never know. Uh-huh. They say they could still write songs like that if they wanted to, but they choose not to. Mm-hmm. Instead, they go for the new stuff. And I have no preference on that. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It can go either way. I think I'm one of those fans maybe that like lost lost the way for a while. And then it's weird. They're like, oh, time to start a fan podcast about yeah, this you're band. you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. We're, I barely listen to burials, if at all. Yeah, and thanks to Jeff Cork for his suggestion to start a podcast. Uh-huh, all uh-huh. right. So, what's been the most frustrating thing listening to our podcast? What What do you want to clarify? What have we messed yeah, up? Yeah, what did we blow big time? <laughs> Honestly, uh, you haven't missed what? much. Look at this, hundred percent spot on. Unreal. <laughs> She's gonna write a really mean thing about us on her site, though. <laughs> <laughs> Top Here's ten the things real those deal. idiots have blown. <laughs> for those idiots. No, um, I think like the only main things that you guys have kind of, I think, missed maybe just because you didn't know about them was some of the mysteries that they've had. Yeah, um, I want to talk about mysteries. I think this stuff's cool. <laughs> okay, yeah, like uh, Singles Sorrow era stuff? Uh, Dan, do you want to talk about the Five Flowers mystery? What? Ooh, um, okay, so yeah, there was the mystery um, leading up to Singles Sorrow, the kind of clandestine 337-336 thing going on. They also did a similar thing before December Underground, which has now become known as the Five Flowers mystery. Okay, I don't think I know this one. Um, it was it's a very, very long, kind of complicated thing that they did. It basically started with uh, a post on the message boards, which led to a website with a picture of a menu of a vegan restaurant that the band used to eat at. And then um, it just kind of went on and on. And there was uh, different websites and there was a phone number that you could call and where there was a pre-recorded message that led to, um, I think, Mary, do you want to jump in? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it basically led to... Um, just a bunch of websites with different images and different 
um, phone numbers that you can call. And eventually it led you on a scavenger hunt um, to like a comic book shop and other locations around California. And then eventually you ended up, I think it was like a park, um, like a park bench where you, I think you gave like a flower to a stranger. And if you were the first like couple people who did that, you got access to a free a concert. You give a um, flower to a stranger. How does that work? It, it was really complicated. Oh, I, it, <laughs> I honestly don't even know how to explain it. It, it's really, really complicated. I would imagine, like, as a fan, though, that has to be the best possible situation, right? I'm sure. Like, <laughs> like no, seriously, like, you're, like, really into a band, and then, like, a new album's coming out, and it's like, you're already excited, you've got, like, a release date, but then there's, like, something for you to do in the meantime. Yeah, Because I'm an old person, that doesn't happen in my life anymore, <laughs> so you have to realize <laughs> well, it's pretty cool. How open is the band these days to talking about that kind of stuff? I feel like I started to get into a question with Hunter about the old Sing the Sorrow stuff and then, believe it or not, a transition to another question because I'm not good at asking questions. But, like, <laughs> are they open about, like, yeah, that was silly, here's what we're going for, or do they still try and keep it all cagey? To my knowledge, they keep it pretty quiet. Um, I mean, I think they know that the fans love it and that's why they keep on doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, they did another one before... Um, Crash Love, where they had a bunch of photos on their website, and you had to look at the um, file name and kind of translate that. And then once you figured out the translations of the file names, it would lead you to a different website, which announced their Begin Transmission Contest, Hmm. which it was a contest where fans could submit a video um, basically telling AFI about their lives and basically why they're AFI fans. How many did you submit? I actually did not submit one. What Let's are you guys doing? To be honest. <laughs> why not? I didn't submit one either. Oh, come on. Super fan AFI number one, HQ. my ass. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was only open to residents of the U.S., which I am not. So I think oh. that, that was my excuse. Oh, we're the worst. God, <laughs> we blew it. Does the AFI get over to England often? Um, they do. They have not since Crash Love. They didn't tour here for burials. Oh, that's really sad and bizarre. Anyways, so this begin transmission thing that ended with that cute video of them going in and, and singing, singing some tunes, right? Yes, they brought. I think maybe. Was it like seven or eight fans from across the U.S. to California to record with them? That's super fun. It's so weird in that video seeing Davey sing back up to himself. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's, that's one of my favorite AFI videos that I've ever seen is them recording with the fans. Are there standout videos with you guys where you think it's actually a reveal, like revealing look into their creative process? Um, I would probably refer to the last episode of this podcast. Oh, look at what? this. What? Dan, bump this guy's volume up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that uh, that's the, probably the most in-depth I've ever heard any of them go. So, well done. Look at that, oh. Jeff Cork. We did it. I think Hunter deserves a little credit, too. Yeah, be sure to send your thanks to him on Twitter um, and comment on his dumb rabbit drawings or something. <laughs> <laughs> Give the guy whatever love he wants. I don't know. 
that, that that's very kind of you. Uh, did anything stand out as new in that interview? Um, he talked about the the house in quotes the house. Yeah, a lot. Um, I, which I I think that's just kind of part of AFI law that maybe not many people knew in that much detail, like who lived there at which points and things like that. I like that. Yeah, he'd gotten to rent and living with a bunch of fat yeah. boys and stuff like it was it, that's the thing is like at the end even was like oh prefer to trim down all these stories and it's like well i still feel like it's long but it's like there's no better place <laughs> to get these stories out like we don't yeah. have to appeal to literally anybody but especially anybody else other no, than like the most hardcore it's like the AFI tail end fans. of an afi podcast it's like if you don't want to hear about afi yeah i don't know what to tell you at this point. <laughs> sorry <laughs> everybody so do they do some kind of like campaign like that with uh, burials um they did they had the series of kind of um vignette videos okay um that all that was all leading up to um so these were the videos the first one i think you guys touched upon briefly yeah. where davy's walking down the corridor oh yeah, yeah. And real cool the door opens look. and they're mm-hmm. all singing um and that was basically just a series of videos that um was uh there was people in white and black kind of hooded cloaks mm. um with flags kind of standing on cliff tops and in the ocean and it were um each video revealed a symbol as a series of symbols and then um members of the DF received an email um with what turned out to be the lyrics to I hope you suffer wow yep. and they had replaced some of the letters in those lyrics with the symbols. And if you, uh, you t- took all of those, um, letters and rearranged them, it spelled out, I hope you suffer. Um, and then there was a, I can't remember if there was a date, but there was definitely check, check the website on this day. And then on that day, that was when they released, I hope you suffer, which was the first single. Jesus. And Jeff, you don't know this, but our interview with Hunter, uh, there actually is a cryptic clue for the next album in there. That's the start of the ARG. <laughs> oh my that, God. <laughs> yeah. It was the number of cars that drove by during the interview. Oh, yeah. We could triangulate his position with the sound of the <laughs> clock tower chime. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. I'm not, I'm very excited because you could assume at this point that whatever album they do next will have some kind of component like that, right? It seems like something that they enjoy doing, right? We... I would assume so. I think that I will pay attention to that. It will be super fun. What's uh what's been the biggest story or biggest like hint you think as to what they're doing next? Do you guys have any idea of, of what's coming? I think a lot of people think that we're like insiders into like what AFI is doing. Right. And to be completely honest, we are about ninety percent of the time completely clueless. <laughs> we'll edit like, that part out. <laughs> wait um, so what about that 10 percent? yeah let's talk about that 10 percent. <laughs> that juicy 10 i mean there are some times when we get you know little like snippets of information from um management but mm-hmm. most of the time we don't know what is happening next mm-hmm. right and we're waiting just as much as anyone else so how many afi shows have you gone to this follow-up doesn't – there's a follow-up that will um, make it seem like I'm not just blowing off what you just said. <laughs> I've been to, I want to say, eight or nine. Oh, wow. That's good. Now, have you met the band, members of the band or 
I have. Um, you have. How, what was that like? How did that work? Um, I first met Ooh, Davey. I, like, I first met Davey. It's not even just I met him. This is like, <laughs> which time shall I recall? All right, you um, first met him. In 2010, we did a four-part interview series with each member of the band. So one person from the staff would interview one of the band members. And this is all um, lined up through management then? Yes. Oh, wow. Cool. cool. So I met Davey when I did the interview in 2010, and I had never met any of the guys beforehand. Um, so that was kind of my first taste. Mm-hmm. Um, you tasted them? <laughs> not literally. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and then kind of as the years progressed, I think – Adam and Hunter started following the site on like Twitter and interacting with us that way. And that's kind of how I came to know both of them. Um, and then Jade, I actually just met for the first time last year. What's your read on Jade? He seems like he seems like the toughest for fans to interact with. I feel like, is that a fair read? Um, I think he's very hit or miss. Um, if you do get to meet him, he is completely kind and he'll go out of his way to take pictures and autographs and anything, Mm -hmm. but he's definitely very elusive. Mm -hmm. Um, he's not one to kind of hang out after the show, like on the street, taking pictures with fans. He'll go straight to the bus. I can see. How's Davey? Is he a pretty cool guy? Davey's really nice. Um, he's very, very chatty when I met him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very receptive of fans when I also met him last year again. Um, he's very thankful for everyone giving him gifts um, and kind of saying, you know, your music has helped me so much. Um, he was very, very thankful. I think, like, the biggest insight that I could, like, for me at least, to see him as a person was when he was kind of ambushed by that TMZ guy who wanted to talk about <laughs> Kanye West because that could have just been a disaster where he's just like, you know what, I've got nothing to say. But, I mean, uh-huh. he was just, like, super gracious and kind of even though he was, like, <laughs> to some Kanye, goofball, yeah. you know, he was very kind about that. It just seems like the, the, the chasm between, like, the public persona where he's very serious and, you, and, like, it looks like every, like, turn of his head is carefully designed and cultivated versus uh-huh. just this super n- nice funny guy that i just got like what little research i've done <laughs> you know you see glimpses of that <laughs> exquisitely <though>. little research <laughs> yeah it's breathtaking really. <laughs> well, that's what i'm excited for you to listen to the love line episodes am i making too big of a deal of these love line episodes have you guys listened to those yeah i i've listened to all of them i think awesome all right great and that is that a good reveal of like the band's personality to put them in a room Talking about sex with Adam Carolla? Yeah, definitely. And in terms of their humor as well, yeah, that kind of shows through. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that's going to be the best upcoming bonus episodes, Cork. So you have, you have that to look forward to. This episode notwithstanding. Right. Yeah, obviously. Jesus. But we should ask you, what guests should we try and get in the future? Are there are there good gets that would be awesome deep cuts? Um. I think like uh, I remember us talking about like 
the director of like the third season video and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, we have, we have some lines in the water that have gotten a couple nibbles, some stronger than others for mm-hmm. larger guests. Yeah. But is there know. like, is there someone who handles all like the, the ARG stuff? You know what I mean? Do they have like a, like a Satan, I think. Satan himself? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Diabolical. <laughs> that all makes sense. I mean, it's probably just, is it management or do you think it's actually coming from Davy and Jade being like, and then leave this in the menu and then. What? I don't know. That's, a, that's, <laughs> that's a, somebody's presentation. That? I don't know. Um, that is a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say it's I I could only guess, but a collaboration between the two. Yeah, could be. Okay, so let, let break this down. Let rank the odds of us getting other band members on this podcast. Who's going to be the easiest to get? Um, I would. I'm going to go with Adam. I agree. Okay, fantastic. All right, second easiest. What's the- <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm going to go with Davey, just okay. because Jade does not check his Twitter ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jade is the third extremely most difficult guest to get on this All podcast. Right. So I won't tweet at him if I need help in an emergency situation. <laughs> right, right. If you okay. ever if you ever get around to it, yeah. My car's nice. broken down. Jade, <laughs> you have a tire iron. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It's the Groundhog Day scene. There you go. All right. All right. Well, that, that seems that seems doable. We'll see if we can make that happen. I still Mary, is there something uh some content that if I was produced that you would recommend fans check out? Maybe some deep cuts that you think have been really interesting or enlightening? Um, if you have not watched the SCUS TV video, um, it's an interview with Davey and Hunter, and I think it's about 30 minutes long, um, and they basically go through their entire history, and Davey kind of um, goes deep into his um, his – I'm trying to word this correctly – um his sudden decision to kind of back away from taking photos with fans, um, I think that's something that a lot of people have wondered why. Because um, in like the Singlet's Arrow eras, eras and kind of even in December Underground, he was very willing to take photos with everyone. Hmm. And then suddenly that just stopped. Um, that's got to be he- hard to do that without sounding like a big a-hole. Mm-hmm. Even if you have like a perfectly reasonable, I mean, I imagine that's a tough decision to make for yourself. This is he, a, as a person. He went yeah. into it, and it actually, I thought it was a great response. Oh, cool! Um, so you will have to watch that and see what he says. What era is this? Is it linked on your site? Because you guys have a great resource for like chronicling a bunch of video interviews uh, throughout the years. I know that we posted it. I believe it was during the burials era. Um, okay. Yeah, it was during yeah. the, the burials area. Okay. How do you guys find what to post? How do you guys, how do you find stuff like the Davy's mom interview? Oh my God, that was the best. <laughs> you must have been so happy when you read that. Um, that was actually sent to us by, um, I believe a fan that ended up finding it. Um, I mean, we get, uh, new submissions all the time from fans. They'll email us. They'll tweet us. Um, and then it's also just a lot of 
searching on Twitter, searching on like Google News, um, searching YouTube. Yeah. It's just a lot of looking around. No, on... Isn't yeah. it how frustrated are you guys? Because just doing research for this podcast, it drove me absolutely insane how terrible most band interviews are. Every video on YouTube is some shaky cam in an alley behind a show <laughs> in 2004 being like, all right, we got AFI here. Let's get down to it. What does AFI stand for? <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Come on, people. But what about, what about you guys? Like when you actually got a chance to interview the band, like what was the most enlightening thing that you guys discussed? I, I honestly don't remember even what I discussed. I think I was just in like a state of shock. Because <laughs> um, I don't think I ever really thought that like me working on this little site that I started with a friend in like my junior year of high school would ever get to what it is now or even yeah. be able to meet the band. Right. So I think I was just more of like, holy crap, this is actually <laughs> happening. Right, right. Dan, have you ever had any like satisfying interactions with the band? Um, I've actually never met the band myself, but wow. you know, if they come here for the next album, I'd be down to meet them. They sound great. What uh, what's the ideal sound for the next album, in your guys' opinion? Don't just say December Underground. <laughs> I um, I think that. Whatever I say, it's not going to be that. Yeah, exactly. So, but um, for me, I definitely liked, I think Burials has been my favorite since December Underground. Okay. For me personally, because I think they kind of capitalized on the kind of um, maturity of the sound. Um, I know Hunter said that in the last episode as well, that he yeah. was really proud of the kind of maturity in sound that they've reached on Crash Love. I think they took that, but then managed to combine some of the elements because Crash Love was very stripped down, but Burials went back to more of the kind of electronic, um, kind of, it was darker as well. Yeah. And um, okay. I'd like to see more of that side of AFI. Do you, like, do you like the whole darkness angle in your Skype? ID, you're wearing a black hood, so I'm gonna go ahead and assume yes. But when they get nice and dark, are you like, oh yeah, this is this is what I like at AFI, some good dark talk. You're wearing a dark yeah, hoodie feel... too, though. though That's right. <laughs> yeah, I felt like it goes with the territory of being an AFI fan. Yeah. At least when I first started out. Mary, you're in the same boat? Pretty much. Um I think that burials was kind of the perfect combination of December Underground and Sing the Sorrow kind of meshed together okay um and i think continuing in that direction would kind of be ideal for me but i'm i'm up for whatever they are down to create basically is, is there, so i'm excited to yeah. hear i feel like do you guys feel as if you're just pot committed at this point do you think you're capable of being like nope this new sound isn't for me or i mean so much of your life is devoted to keeping up with the AFI. Like it'd be a tough thing to ever rip yourself away from, even if you were kind of lukewarm on where they go next. Yeah. I think there's definitely part of that, like not being able to allow yourself like, nope. But, um, <laughs> but I think that for me, it will be 
it'll be certain songs because I dived so deep into each album that I'm sure there'll be some songs where I'll have that initial reaction and mm-hmm. then they'll grow on me and some songs I'll just love straight away. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it never really happens for me on kind of an, just a whole album basis. So what do you, how do you think you'd react if the next album opens with Davey rapping? <laughs> Specifically, my name is Davey and I'm here to say. Yeah, that's the verse. Um, I, I'd be taken aback at first, uh-huh. but uh, you know, I'd, rap I'd give it a chance. Okay, all right, that's nice. Yeah, I think I would give it a chance and see if it grew on me. Um, <laughs> I, I, and then I track two that... is just him farting into a microphone for three minutes. <laughs> I think that at least for me, um, like my love for AFI has kind of grown from the music to the overall community. Um, I know that, you know, I've traveled across the country to meet the fans I've met. I mean, I, I remember I booked a flight to Boston to meet James, our other owner, um, just spontaneously. Like I, Mm. I'm so invested in the fan base Mm -hmm. that, I think that's a big part of it, um, along with the music. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. That's got to be nice. Well, cool. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything else you want to cover? Um, I think I'm good. Dan, cool. do you have anything? Yeah. No, I think the only – I've written a few things down. I think covered everything. Um, oh, the only other thing was sort of things that were – currently covering at the moment yeah what are you covering kind of the afi world so we have um jeff who used to play bass for the band he recently launched a um a clothing line called east bay hardcore and um basically it's just t-shirts but they're all uh kind of afi inspired what what's uh, your like a picture of a mini truck and a big slash through it (laughs) (laughs) a bowling shirt with like a pair, <laughs> pair of scissors. I've got a really good idea here. Uh, a squirrel. A squirrel. Uh, <laughs> what, what's your read? What's your read on Jeff? Is he is he super nostalgic over AFI? Does he realize he can just kind of get the most eyeballs if he talks about AFI? What's what's your take on that guy? Um, I haven't talked to him much. Um, I mean, I've sent a few emails back and forth, but we haven't had you know in depth conversations. But he seems to be the type that's really nostalgic. I know he posts a lot of Throwback Thursday photos on Mm. his Instagram and his Twitter. um, And he's always kind of responding to old fans, um, asking questions about old songs. Um, So I think he's he's available for fans and Mm -hmm. he enjoys kind of still being connected to the community. He's in like a really perfect position too, because, you know, his departure of the band kind of almost signals like a checkpoint in that band's sound as mm-hmm. well. So people that have been like, nope, they can always go back to Jeff because he's kind of maybe, he never like right. changed direction and like he's evolved with the band. Exactly, mind. exactly. Right. right. It's basically, yeah, yeah like uh, a musician dying when they're young. Is that your analogy, Quirk? I don't know if I'd say that. Except they like post the corpse posts a lot of throwback Thursday 
and stuff on Instagram. What are you doing? It's in- I don't know. It's an elaborate <laughs> analogy that isn't working in the least. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that's a good one. Uh, so the clothing line, all that other stuff. Cool. Yeah. Anything else on the site you guys want to plug? Um, I would definitely say visit our social channels. Um, I know that I work pretty hard on coming up with fun, creative content every day. So if you do not follow us, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All are at AFI News HQ. Awesome. And what about you guys personally? Let's get those twits out there. Uh, so my Twitter is Mary I Patterson, uh, P-A-T-T-E-R-S-O-N. And my Twitter is um, the same as my Skype name, Brofenator23. Perfect. Um, I can spell that if you like. Go for uh, it, man. Uh, B-R-O-P-H-I-N-A-T-O-R-2-3. That's a long story. That I don't want to go into. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds all right. Hey, we got an infinite amount of time on this podcast. Let's go. No. No, that's fine. Torque, <laughs> what is your Twitter? You've never given it out. Oh, I'm G.I. Jeff. There we go. That's, that's good it. stuff. <laughs> I'm at Yozetti, Y-O-Z-E-T-T-Y. Yeah. Um, but our interaction with the AFI community has been fantastic, largely because of you guys, I would imagine. There's, it's been incredibly humbling. Yeah, there's a like, wide seriously. wide range of people that will just tweet me about AFI stuff every day, people that don't follow us for our day jobs or anything like that, uh, that just, like, the podcast has done, like, the perfect amount of, like, seeping into that old AFI community and mm-hmm. that AFI crowd, and we appreciate your help in making that happen. Yeah. Like, seriously, Thank the you. kindest community. So there you no go. No problem. <laughs> Great. We're glad to be yeah. here. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of A Fire Inside Out. And uh, we will try and post another one next week. I think we can make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. We... Even if it's just the two of us talking about nothing. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll definitely figure it out. Uh, are you guys going to join us in the in the send-off here? You have to. Harry and Dan? Sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. Until next time. If, if I... I...